Hello and welcome to Childhood Understood. This is the podcast for parents and professionals about big feelings, well-being and behaviour with me, Sarah Anderson. I'm an early childhood specialist and parent and I'm here to get the word out about how we can help children with their emotions, well-being and resilience. This podcast is not about trying to change you, your child or children you work with. Instead, my aim is to help make childhood understood so that the way we respond to children and the relationships we build with them develop naturally as we come to understand them and ourselves better. So welcome to today's episode. Please note this podcast is for the purposes of education only and is not a replacement for personalised professional advice. Welcome to today's episode. Over the years, I have trained early years teachers in all sorts of different topics and I found that invariably by the end of the sessions, everything would come round to us talking about behaviour. And the same would happen with parent workshops. No matter the topic, we would always end up in a discussion about what we call behaviour. So what is it about behaviour that gets us all talking about it and gets us feeling such a mixture of emotions? Whether we are parents or professionals, the word behaviour can arouse guilt, sadness, anger, frustration, even a sense of failure. We can feel frustrated that we don't know how to respond, even more frustrated when we do respond and however unintentionally seem to make things worse. We can feel guilty that somehow we are failing because a child is struggling with their behaviour. Now all of this is of course totally valid and entirely understandable. But it's not particularly helpful for the child, for us as parents, or for us as professionals. What is helpful is to reframe how we see behaviour so it becomes a more constructive conversation and a more affirmative experience for everyone, for children, for parents, and for professionals. So instead of talking about how we change children's behaviour, Let's start talking about what's going on underneath the behaviour. And let's acknowledge that behaviour is always a form of communication, one that a young child relies on because their brain is still developing. And when we do this, we're helping the child and we're helping ourselves too. Because when we practice compassion towards a child in the midst of their big emotions, we automatically practice compassion towards ourselves. Instead of the focus being on good or bad behaviour and by association good or bad parenting or teaching, it becomes about compassion and respect, about kindness and togetherness. So how do we start this process of reframing? Well, one thing to do is instead of asking ourselves, how do I change the behaviour? How do I stop a child from hitting or biting or shouting or having you know extreme what we call tantrums or meltdowns let's start asking some different questions let's start asking what is the child feeling and sometimes that's obvious and sometimes it's not sometimes we might make an assumption we might think that we know what they're feeling we might think that they're feeling anger and actually they may be feeling fear or jealousy But let's start by wondering and being curious as to what it might be that they could be feeling. And then, based on that feeling, 
What is it that they're experiencing in their body? And that really varies from child to child. You know, some children will feel anger and will stay very still and quiet. And other children, when they're feeling anger, will become very physical and will demonstrate it through words or through their physical actions, such as throwing or hitting or biting. But somehow, somewhere, children will be experiencing their feelings in their body. And then based on this curiosity about feelings and experiences, we can start asking the question, what is it that they need? And how can I help them? Now, if all of this goes out of our minds in the heat of the moment, one thing we can do is focus on one question and one question only, and that's how can I connect to them? Because when we connect to a child in a dysregulated state, it's a win-win situation. We're helping them now, and we're also helping them in the future. We're helping them in the here and now by responding to them with empathy, which in turn teaches them how to show empathy to others. So that's going to help them in the here and now, but it's also going to help them longer term as well. We're helping them by responding to them with kindness and compassion, which sends them the message that all of their feelings are valid. And that's a a powerful message, again, for the here and now, because they become comfortable with their feelings and more able to talk about them, which in turn enables them to regulate more easily. And of course, in the future, that's helpful too, because they will be comfortable with the idea of these challenging feelings that at times can be uncomfortable. And they will get the idea that it's okay to ask for help when they're experiencing those uncomfortable feelings. We are helping them by offering our calm when they need it the most. Children don't suddenly learn how to regulate their feelings. There isn't a magic switch. At the age of two, three or 15, there are periods where there is an accelerated growth of the ability to to self-regulate, for example, between the ages of three and five, but there isn't a magic switch. Regulation takes many years to develop into adulthood and it only develops out of experiencing the feeling of being regulated. And that's what we call co-regulation. Co-regulation is essentially when we share our calm and we offer children a warm, compassionate response to all of their feelings. Not just to the tears, but also to the anger, to the jealousy and the frustration. Co-regulation can come easily to us when we understand the behaviour and the feelings underneath it. But so often we don't. And that's when we can find our own emotions bubbling up. And then co-regulation can become much harder. Of course, those emotions that bubble and result in our need to tell a child off or to feel angry with them is probably not our need at all. It's probably what we learned from our own upbringing. It's a voice from our own parents, caregivers teachers and society as a whole and it's a voice that can be hard to shift and that's where I come back to the idea of making childhood understood. Whose childhood do we need to understand? Well that of the child in front of us of course but also our own childhood so we can understand where the messages we hear ourselves saying to children originally come from. And perhaps in meeting the needs of the child in front of us for connection, for love, for compassion, 
and for validation and co-regulation, we are also meeting the needs of the child inside us who may not have received what they needed in the past. If we can, making the shift from the adult and child being on opposing sides, all centred around this construction of an idea that is behaviour, moving away from this to the idea of adult and child working together to regulate, validate, understand, heal, and most of all connect, well, it's a powerful shift. So how do we do it? Well, we start by opening the conversation and opening the door to the possibility that things could look and feel different. We can't change everything overnight. We are all on that journey that we so often speak of and we are all at different places depending on our own experiences of being parented, the experiences we had in education, the messages that we've received throughout our lives and of course our own temperament and our own unique ways of thinking, feeling and experiencing. But starting the conversation and opening the door is the starting point. Reflecting on our own childhoods, the beliefs we've gained and the stories we've inherited about behaviour and feelings. And this applies whether you are a parent or a professional. It's a constructive place to start, to reflect on why we see behaviour the way we do. And to challenge it. To challenge ourselves to start seeing the child's feelings more than we focus on their actions. So let's come back to those questions at the beginning. Why is it so important to ask ourselves what the child is feeling rather than asking how we change their behaviour? Well, quite simply because changing behaviour just deals with the actions. It doesn't help a child with their feelings. And if those actions are driven in large part by feelings, there's no point trying to change behaviour. We need to address the feelings. If we do try to address just the behaviour, children may learn not to show it. They may learn to push their feelings down. Or they may learn to still carry out the behaviour that we're seeing, but to do it in secret so they don't get found out, they don't get caught in kind of childlike thinking. What they won't learn is that feelings can be expressed healthily, that emotions can be communicated about, that they can be handled and coped with. For them to learn that that is the case, that we can manage our feelings, we can cope with them, we can express them and we can talk about them and that we can develop strategies for how to manage them. For that to develop, they need a level of comfort with their feelings. And when we tell a child that it's not okay to throw something in anger, we think that we're making a distinction between the throwing as the action and the feeling of anger. But that message rarely gets across to the child, no matter how many times we try to explain it. When they associate feeling told off or rejected or an uncomfortable feeling of disconnect between them and their adult, when they experience that in connection to that feeling, that feeling becomes unsafe. So to make that feeling tolerable and acceptable, we need to make sure that our response to it 
is one of co-regulation, of validation, of connection. Even if the action on the surface is not one that we would ideally want to see long term. And we're going to support them with that and teach them different strategies for how to demonstrate their feelings and express them. But the feeling itself underneath the behaviour, that needs the connection. Because we need to help children to understand that all of their feelings are valid. When we focus on feelings instead of behaviour, we can start to really understand childhood and understand how to move forwards in a way that feels both constructive and connected. This has been Sarah Emerson on the Childhood Understood podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Stay tuned for more episodes that will help make childhood understood. And don't forget to hit subscribe to make sure you stay in the loop. See you next week.